Welcome back to Hang Time Headlines. I'm your host, Schwally. As always, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify. Trying to run it up, so we really do appreciate it. Special episode coming to you today and moving forward. We're going to do a weekly live stream Thursdays at 6 p.m. We got DeJong, we got Damien, we got Drew, all the boys here in town for the summer, and we're ready to get after it. How you doing, guys? Fantastic. Good to be here. It's good to be back home. You know it. Yeah. All right, so let's jump right into it. We got a good podcast today. Going to go through the first five quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft and kind of give our ceiling and our floor for them. And then give you guys just a random take that we've had over the past couple weeks that we want to touch on. Going to keep it short and sweet, but going forward, as I mentioned, got the live stream, 6 p.m. Thursdays. We'll be recording for an hour or two. Full podcast will get dropped on Saturday, but if you want the preview, you want to ask us some questions, hop in the comments sections, live stream, Thursday, 6 p.m. going forward. Let's go. Eastern time. Eastern time. <laughs> very important. Yeah, very important. World runs on Eastern Standard Time. So, first pick in the draft, everyone thought it was a lock. Trevor Lawrence, number one to the Jaguars. My floor for him, Matt Ryan. I think there is pretty much a no-bust potential on this dude. Worst case scenario, he's a good game manager, maybe even wins an MVP. I think he is pretty much as unbustable as there comes in the NFL. I'm talking Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning type of quarterback. And with that, my ceiling, Peyton Manning. This was a quarterback who, coming out of Tennessee, lock number one pick. Okay, so I think Swally's crazy. I think that everyone knows the potential is very high for this guy. I think everyone knows that the ceiling could be a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. I got a ceiling as John Elway. I think that's a similar frame. They can move if they need to, but rely on arm strength. That's a good comparison. That's what a ceiling would be, but a floor... I got your Marcus Russell. I think that that's another frame that's similar, can move if he needs to, but if they lets himself go and he makes some bad decisions, I don't think Trevor Lawrence, especially with a college coach like Urban Meyer, I don't think it's as much of a guarantee uh, as you're trying to be. Married, though. He is married, but you saw he put his knee all the way down, so he's, that might have been okay, a little bit of an yeah, audible there. But yeah. All right, yeah, so I agree with Shirley for sure. Peyton Manning is a ceiling. I think, you know, both a couple of tall guys, Southeastern America guys who can sling the rock, but for the floor, I got to go Charlie Whitehurst. Long hair. That's pretty much the only reason why I chose Charlie Whitehurst. Love and then it. Maybe a Charlie Whitehurst slash Sunshine from Murray Titans. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> long hair, blonde, blonde hair. Sunshine for sure. You know, he's got that swagger. He's got the long hair. He's got the rocket arm. And that's his floor. So I think this guy's going to be a baller. How long does he keep his long hair? I think you got to keep it. It's like Anthony Davis with the brow. I was watching the Spurs game the other night. Which player is Lonnie Walker? You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. what if Trevor Lawrence cuts his hair, you know something has gone horribly wrong. He's had a couple bad years, and he's trying to do whatever well, he can to turn things around. You know, maybe he's chopping it off. Got a drug test coming up. You know, he's got to get the drug <laughs> He's got to get the new maybe. hairs. At the end of the day, you can't cut the hair if you're Trevor Lawrence. That's his thing. And I think that if he's cut his hair, like you said, Charlie, something really bad has gone wrong. I'm with all you guys. I've got a ceiling as you know, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning type guy. If he reaches his ceiling, he'll be one of the all-time best for. My floor, I went with Derek Carr. I went more ability-wise. I don't think that having a floor as Matt Ryan is entirely reasonable because he could be worse than Matt Ryan and still be like a serviceable NFL quarterback. That just makes sense. I think he'll remain serviceable at the very least, no matter what. And I think that his absolute floor is around a Derek Carr level of play, which Derek Carr, still a solid quarterback, but needs some weapons around him. I think that's the absolute worst you're going to see Trevor Lawrence in five years down the road. Number two pick to the Jets, Zach Wilson. By the time the draft was happening, everybody knew that Zach Wilson was going number two. My floor, I got Josh Rosen. 
you know, skinny frame quarterback that you're worried about with injuries, very highly touted, high rising coming into the draft. Cardinals picked him and he was out of the league within a year or two. And I think similar to the Jets, that Cardinals team was not very talented. My ceiling, Steve Young. I think this is the prospect with the lowest floor and the highest ceiling in the entire draft. He could be absolutely unbelievable or a complete bust. Steve Young, Small frame, 6'2", could move, good arm. I think Zach Wilson has a lot of the same traits, but similar to Trevor Lawrence for me, he's going to have to add some weight for sure. For me, I got his floor at Johnny Manziel. The way they play in college, this exciting young guy that can move real quick. I mean, if he was built a little bigger, you could say he could have played college running back, honestly. I think that's a really similar floor. The worst thing that could happen to him is he could be out of the league in two, three years especially because he looks like he's 14 years old. Looks like a kid. Zach Wilson ain't sneaking off to Vegas. That dude is a good Mormon. Shout out Johnny Manziel. <laughs> but I got his ceiling as Jake DeLome. He was a great quarterback, serviceable for a long time. When he was coming out of college, he was out at, at a ULL, University of Louisiana Lafayette. People had some of the same concerns there, but he ended up having a good career. He made a Super Bowl and relied on the arm strength and QB IQ. I think that Jake DeLome would be a great comparison for Zach Wilson at his ceiling. For Zach Wilson's floor, I'm going to go Sam Darnold. I think it could be the same exact thing that happened with Sam Darnold in New York because if you look at their roster, they haven't really done much, maybe even lost talent since Sam Darnold got there. You know, Robbie Anderson was there before. He's now in Carolina. Le'Veon Bell was there. That obviously didn't work out. Now you look at Zach Wilson going there, he doesn't really have that much more around him, and it could be a lot similar to that situation. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm kind of worried about that. But... For a ceiling, I'm also going a high ceiling. I'm saying Drew Brees. His arm is strong. He's like mobile. That. And he does seem like he has that ability to lead a team and to make the right plays at the right time. So ultimately, I think the high ceiling, low floor ability of Zach Wilson is very true. Mm -hmm. But it could go really bad for the mm -hmm. Jets once again. For my floor with Zach Wilson, I went with Mitch Trubisky. A guy who he could end up in a similar situation where he's just kind of floundering around the Jets maybe don't really know what they have with him. They don't entirely know if they want to go forwards with him or if they just want to get rid of him. So I think that he could end up being a Mitch Trubisky type player if he doesn't progress well, if the coaching isn't there, if the weapons aren't there. <laughs> For Zach Wilson's ceiling, I don't quite see the Hall of Fame ceiling with Zach Wilson. I think I went with a more reasonable ceiling, Ryan Tannehill. I think he's got similar arm accuracy. He could you know, potentially be an all-pro type player like the Ryan Tannehill on the past two years with the Titans, not the Dolphins' Ryan Tannehill. I see potential out of Zach Wilson. I almost feel like the Jets really fell in love with a guy and went for him. I feel like the guys behind him might have even more potential than he has. But giving Ryan Tannehill the ceiling for Zach Wilson is not at all a diss to him. And people sleep too on the fact that Ryan Tannehill was sneaky mobile out of Texas A&M. Not so much anymore, but when he came out, he was looked at as a more mobile type well, of quarterback. Because he was a wide receiver, yeah. He was a wide receiver. Very similar to Zach Wilson. You got a high ceiling, low floor. And for me, this is a tough one because, like most people, I didn't watch a lot of Trey Lance, didn't really play a football game in the last year. And before that, I can't tell you that I was tuned into North Dakota State football. My floor for him, Tavares Jackson. This dude had a lot of talent coming out of Alabama State. But similarly, not a lot of people knew about him. Not a lot of people watched him during the regular season, had good combine numbers, a lot of potential there, but just really didn't quite make it in the league. My ceiling, Russell Wilson. I know it's a crazy one. 
I don't really necessarily think he's going to be Russ. I just think the variability with Trey Lance is so out of control. You've seen the measurables. You've seen the arm. You've seen the speed. He's clearly pretty smart. He runs a pro-style offense. It's just whether he is actually as talented as everybody thinks he is. I get what you're saying with that. I didn't watch much Trey Lance either. He had that one game during the football season that I did tune into for a little bit, but I got bored and turned it off. So I really hadn't seen too much with him either. I don't like a high ceiling, low floor for him. I kind of like him somewhere in the middle because he's at a good franchise. He's got the pieces around him. He's going to be able to grow behind Garoppolo, and they'll put him in when he's ready. So I got his floor at Marcus Mariota. I think that that's like a similar kind of quarterback to him. Who's Mariota showed promise early, but his career kind of fizzled out. And I got his ceiling at Sam Bradford. And Sam Bradford, a lot of people trash Sam Bradford, but he did have a successful NFL career. Like I said, I don't know too much, so I can't make a whole total bust or absolute winner take. So I got him somewhere in the middle like that. Those are just guys with similar playing styles and abilities to him. I don't think that he will be a complete bust. I think he'll always be serviceable. Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of him, so that's why my floor is Mitch Trubisky for him. He's a guy who had one really good year. Obviously, he's only thrown one pick in his college career. Trubisky had that one really good year at UNC. A lot of teams were high on him that year. You look at Trubisky's first year, he took the Bears to the playoffs. I think if you put the players around Trey Lance like they have in San Francisco, a solid defense, good players like Kittle and players like that, they're going to be competitive. It's just... Are they going to be a Super Bowl contending team? Maybe not. Then his ceiling, I put, you know, not a very popular guy right now, but Deshaun Watson. Very good football player, not a very good guy. So (laughs) Trey Lance, hopefully he can be a really good guy and also a very good football player. But I think that that's his ceiling. I think he's mobile. He has a good arm. He can command a team. If he reaches his full potential, Deshaun Watson is him. So I agree with you guys that there is some potential with Trey Lance there, and especially with their coaching staff. My ceiling, I put as Dak Prescott. So I think that Kyle Shanahan is a great coach who can really you know, teach a quarterback to be a game manager. I think Dak Prescott can move. He's an underrated quarterback who you know, puts up big-time stats. I think Trey Lance could be a similar player in a high-powered offense out in San Francisco. For my ceiling, I don't quite agree with you guys. I think he is very bustable. You don't quite know how his talent is going to translate over to the NFL. I put my floor as the 2020 version of Cam Newton. So I think that the athleticism is going to be there. He's going to be able to pick up some rushing yards. He's going to be able to move the sticks that way. But will his arm, will his football IQ, the ability to read blitzes, will that all translate to the NFL is the big question. Which with Kyle Shanahan, I think he's the coach to do it. He's the coach to teach Trey Lance. But the question mark is still there because we really haven't seen too much of this kid. John Lynch had to at least think that his ceiling was higher than Jimmy Garoppolo, which says something because that's who they currently got. You know what you're getting with Garoppolo right now. Fourth quarterback off the board, Justin Fields to the Bears. I absolutely love this pick. I don't know why he fell. I don't know why people are sleeping on him. I simply do not get it. The dude has a cannon. He can throw on the run. He absolutely flies. He was a lock number two pick. He freaking balled against Trevor Lawrence, which was exactly what Joe Burrow did and then was the number one pick. But somehow, Justin Fields does that with cracked ribs, and nobody cares. So my floor is Teddy Bridgewater, just a quarterback who will make all the throws, maybe not do anything special. If you put talent around him, he can win 10, 11 games. And if you don't have that much talent on the roster, four or five games, we saw it last year with the Panthers. He's not going to do anything special, but he'll make the right reads and make the right plays. My ceiling is Deshaun Watson, similar to what you were saying, Damian. Without any of the -the off-the-field issues, I think he is just mega-talented. So I get what you're saying with it. I think he's a really good prospect. So I got a floor for him, someone like Colt McCoy. 
a little bit of a difference in styles of play there, but just a guy who kind of jumped around and never really found his spot. I, I feel like Fields will be good, but there's definitely the chance for him to just suck and never figure out a niche in the league. But there is a chance he could be a baller. And for that, I have his ceiling as Steve Air McNair. Rest in peace, his soul. But I think that Steve McNair, the way he played is a lot like the way Justin Fields played in college. And I think that if he figures it out, gets a good system, and ends up figuring it out with these yahoos over in Chicago, I think that that's a, someone he could be very similar to. For my floor for Justin Fields, I agree completely with Shawley. It's Teddy Bridgewater. He's consistent. He's steady. He can manage a team. He can lead a team. And ultimately, that's what I think Justin Fields will do. He did that for two years at Ohio State. He was consistent. They won two Big Ten championships. He had one bad game against Northwestern, and all of a sudden, he falls to number 10. Zach Wilson loses to Coastal Carolina, and he's the number two pick. Trey Lance plays one football game in a year, number three pick. So at the end of the day, Justin Fields has been hard done by in this draft, and that's why I put his ceiling at MVP Cam Newton, or rookie season Cam Newton level, where he's setting rookie passing records, rookie rushing records. He's got the mobility, he's got the athleticism, the arm. He has it all. They do have talent around him, and as long as they can keep that talent around him, I think that team could be really successful, and so can Justin Fields. I'm with you guys. I, I just don't understand how Justin Fields fell down the board. I've got him as, you know, having my second highest ceiling and second highest floor behind Trevor Lawrence. I think he should have been the number two overall pick. For his ceiling, I've got Andrew Luck. He's a high IQ player. He's got a good arm, good accuracy, and maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder after being drafted, what, 12th? So... I think there's something to prove, and I think that he has all the intangibles to potentially be a franchise-type quarterback like that. And as for his floor, I put Andy Dalton. I still think that he'll be, you know, putting up numbers regardless. I think that he will be a serviceable quarterback. You know, he's he's a solid-sized 6'4", nice big quarterback with a good arm. I think that if he stays healthy, he should be the center of an offense. Final quarterback taken in the first round by our New England Patriots, Mac Jones. And I was pretty upset at the time, but I am well over it now. Let's go, Mac Jones. I hope he succeeds. My floor is A.J. McCarron. This is a player I freaking loved in college. When he was drafted by the Bengals, I got that A.J. McCarron Bengals jersey. I was all over him. And then as I got older and I wasn't a 12-year-old in love with A.J. McCarron anymore, I realized that oh, it wasn't him. It was just a really talented Alabama roster around him with like a Julio Jones that elevated him to this national championship level. And I think you could see similarities there between A.J. McCarron and Mac Jones. My ceiling for him is Alex Smith. And this is something that I would 100% take because I think you saw Alex Smith when he was with Andy Reid. He is a player who can get in the playoffs, who can maybe win a playoff game now put that with Bill Belichick. I think you're looking at someone who can get to a Super Bowl, maybe win a Super Bowl game, not going to turn it over a lot, high completion percentage, going to make the smart decision. I get a lot of people's arguments here. I really do about why they don't like him. But the three main reasons why people don't like Mac Jones right now, at least I feel, is because one, he was a backup. Two, because he was in a Nick Saban team that was really, really good. And third, because he's fat and got a DUI. That was, yes, yes, right there. Exactly, exactly. I think there is something that needs to be said about having a good team in college. I don't think that's a knock on a quarterback. I think that's a good thing. It shows them that this is what can happen when I have the world's best receivers getting open. 
Damien mentioned earlier that Alabama offense was the best of all time. It absolutely was not. LSU 2019 was. But we also have seen LSU teams with the best wide receivers in the country. And that quarterback getting to the league with high hopes ended up fizzling out. So that's why I got floor for Mac Jones being Zach Mettenberger. LSU legend. People were like, all right, this guy, he had OBJ, he had Jarvie, he had the weapons in college. But ah, he never really made anything of himself. He never really did anything. And he was out of the league in, what, four or five years, something like that? So that's what I got his floor at. But I'm a big believer in Mac Jones. I really am. I think that he's got the frame. My ceiling for him was taken in the last round for Justin Fields. I had him as Andrew Luck, so I won't double down. I got my own one here. <laughs> Another big boy in the league. I got Ben Roethlisberger as a ceiling. I think that Big Ben and him, everyone saw his middle school secretary look when he was walking out of the room in the NFL draft. And just a big boy. People look at Ben Roethlisberger, and it's funny to just look at him. But... There's no denying Ben Roethlisberger can play and he's got an arm and he has the football IQ. And I believe that a quarterback going from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick, taken in the first round, come on. This guy's going to be good. Oh, this pick, this pick, this pick. I hate <laughs> this freaking pick. Mac Jones at 15, are you serious? Are you serious? He had everyone he could have asked for in college. He had the running back, he had the receivers, he had the offensive line, he had the defense, he had everyone. And Bill Belichick picks him at 15. Bill Belichick is the guy who used to take that pick and trade for two twos and two thirds, draft a couple linebackers and corners who would, you know, maybe get a pick to win the Super Bowl, and then we'd win a Super Bowl off of those picks. Now we're getting a quarterback at number 15. Are you serious? If you put the right players around Mac Jones, sure, maybe he can get to your playoffs. That's why his floor is Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> the Sanchez quarterback. Sanchez. Mark Sanchez rode two of the best defenses in the league those two years to AFC Championship games. And those are AFC Championship games. That's all they got to. That's what Mac Jones is going to give us. Just a couple more AFC Championship games. We've been to enough of those. We have to win Super Bowl. And you talked about Bill Belichick's future. Come on. Dude's closer to an old age home than he is to, you know, having a full head coaching career. You're crazy. Point. He's old. He's old. My ceiling... Another guy who has rode defenses to Super Bowls, Eli Manning. He's Eli Manning. Insert picture of Eli Manning on the beach. Fat boy, Mac Jones. Love it. Boy. Love it. Trolley will get on that. It's literally the same thing. Hey, like, Eli Manning's a Hall of Fame. Eli Manning, no. <laughs> yep. Eli Manning is not elite. He just has three letters oh, that are in that word in his name. He's <laughs> not that good. He is not that good. He had two of the best defenses in the league those two years, and they won the Super Bowl. Great. And he also played against the Patriots, who had the worst defense in the league in 2011. Mac Jones isn't even going to get there because he's not going to have the best defense in the league. And he's going to be throwing to Joe Schmo and whoever else we got this offseason who aren't that good. Because Bill is like, oh, I'm going to get my diamond in the rough. This is a horrible pick. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. When I look at Mac Jones, I see at the very least there's an arm there. And there's a quarterback who a coach would want on his team. He learned how to Nick Saban at Alabama. And so I think that... For you know the next 15 years, you're going to see Mac Jones on an NFL roster. 15 years. That's why I put his floor as his new backup, Brian Hoyer. Wow, I like that. I think he could be a traveling salesman, backup quarterback, moving around the league, uh, just fitting in wherever he fits in. However, as his ceiling, I got to say, I'm with you, DeJong, that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban are way too close for Bill Belichick to waste a first-round pick yep. on a potential franchise quarterback. I guarantee you Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have spent at least a day or two just talking about Mac Jones, his abilities, his shortcomings, 
all this and that. I don't see Bill Belichick wasting that pick if he thinks there's even the slightest chance that it could be a waste of a pick. Especially when you talk about, yeah, he's getting to the twilight of his career. There were tons of good defensive players on the board that he could have just selected. So for my ceiling, I'm going with Matt Ryan. I think the big arm is there. He's more of a pocket-style passer. And I also think that you know maybe if he doesn't have a Julio Jones and you know, Calvin Ridley and all of these big weapons, Roddy White, that maybe he won't be an MVP caliber quarterback. But I think that he's got the ability and the IQ, especially with a coach like Belichick, to where he could be the next franchise quarterback for the New England Patriots. There's our ceilings. There's our floors for the top five quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft. We're going to each give you just a take we've been having over the past couple weeks to wrap up this show. And for me, it is the NBA, and it is Steph Curry. This dude should be the MVP. He is my MVP. He's not going to win the MVP. I understand it's going to be Jokic because he has the stats. But if you're just looking at the most valuable player to his team, this exact same Warriors team won 15 games last year. And it's like, oh, but they're going to have Klay Thompson back. Nope. Oh, but they drafted the number two pick, Jameis Wiseman. He's injured. Oh, but they added Kelly Oubre. Non-existent. It's the exact same team that won 15 games with Steph Curry just playing absolutely out of his mind. When Steph Curry is on the court, the Warriors are a top five offense in the league. When Steph Curry is not on the court, they are the worst offensive team in the league. Describe me value. That is value. Okay. If we're going to talk about value, Chris Paul might have more value than Steph Curry. I understand the numbers show that, oh, because he's putting up video game like numbers, Steph Curry is so valuable to his team, which is true. But value just in the locker room to his team, Chris Paul has more value right now. His team is in a better spot. Obviously, that's not going to translate to an MVP. But so where, is Go- where is Golden State's, yeah. uh, where is Golden State's Aiton and where is their Booker? Yeah. Do you guys think there's any other player in the league that you could switch out Steph Curry with on this Warriors team and they'd be competitive in the playoffs? Because even LeBron or KD, those are like the two players that I'd instinctually go to. But LeBron's this year they've been, they've been injured, so I don't know if they'd be able to do it. Well, I, also, I also think you have to put you have to note the fact that Embiid's played, what, 20 less games than Jokic, and Steph Curry's played, like, 11 or 12 less games than Jokic. I think, like, the best ability is availability, and Jokic is out there every single night playing, putting up stats, putting up, putting up triple doubles. I think that he has just had the most valuable season. Okay, so we're getting to my next take here. I'm going to wrap this up. Try to be as quick as possible because we got a very important Bruins game to play in 10 minutes. Bobby Dahlbeck is Boston's new Dustin Pedroia. People need to go ahead and watch uh, his story of how the day he got his first start because he was in Pawtucket warming up for the game. Coach pulled him aside and basically said, you're going to Boston today and you're starting. So he hopped in his car, was calling his family, everything, drove all the way up, and boom, threw him right into the game. I think that's an exciting player, and I think that's one that's going to be in Boston for a while. And you know how much Heim Bloom likes his keeping his money in his pocket. So I think Bobby Dahlbeck's going to be an important part of this team for a long time to come. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns are on upset alert. And the basketball gods hate Chris Paul because he will never make it past the second round of the NBA playoffs. This year, he might not even make it past the first. They're slated to face off against the Lakers, and LeBron is back. LeBron is in zero dark 23 mode. Oh, no. He is going to have a, a postseason for himself. Just He already, you know, he got poked in the eye. He was seeing three hoops. He hit the shot. He let everybody know, you know, LeBron, he's probably going to post something egregious on Instagram about how young LeBron, like, saw this in the future. And that's how he made the, shoot, the shot with, like, the three hoops. And he had a dream last night, and he ate some 
like smoked risotto with some spinach or something <laughs> and had a nice glass of wine with Dwayne Wade and you know like, buddy like relax okay you're good you're really good we get it you probably the, you might be the goat by the end of your career but LeBron's gonna ruin Chris Paul's Chris Paul's week his year his maybe the rest of his career I know we're trying to wrap this up but I got a question for you Damien you keep saying Chris Paul do you think this is Chris Paul's team is it not Booker's team at all this anymore? is Chris Paul's it's Chris Paul's team Chris Paul when it was Devin Booker's team they, they sucked. <laughs> they sucked. They You're right. Horrible. All right, for my final take, I'm going some NFL trade talk. For my mock draft, I had the Atlanta Falcons taking Justin Fields at number four overall. I thought that they should go grab their future quarterback. Matt Ryan's getting a little old. Maybe you grab someone to, to learn behind him, have Matt Ryan mentor him. And recently, we've been hearing Julio Jones all over the trade market. Falcons shopping him, especially in the past week or so. I think Julio Jones heading up to Green Bay for Jordan Love and maybe a first-round pick, a second-round pick, something like that. The Falcons get their future quarterback in Jordan Love. They get rid of Julio Jones, unload that, that salary. And then Green Bay, you've got Devontae Adams on one side, Julio Jones on the other, Aaron Rodgers in the middle. That sounds scary. Drew, I love this take, but I'm going to ask you the same question that I texted you last night, which is that we were talking during the NFL draft, and you said that Trey Lance was, and you said that Jordan Love was worth at least two first-round picks. So does that mean that if you think Green Bay is going to have to give up Jordan Love and a pick to get Julio, you think Julio is worth more than two first-round picks? Aaron Rodgers is not happy. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. So if you can not only trade away Jordan Love, get rid of that little drama piece with Aaron Rodgers, but bring him in a receiver. That's well worth giving up a first round pick if you can make Aaron Rodgers happy, keep him around for a few more years, and keep your Super Bowl window open. This has been Hang Time Headlines, first edition of the Summer Podcast. We will be going live starting next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. World runs on Eastern time. 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll be going live. As always, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify. I'm out. Thank you. Go Bees! Balling crazy with the hang time.